Hello, I'm Joanne and welcome to Simon and Joe's Foodcast. We are two friends with a deep love of cooking, baking, eating and drinking. And I'm Simon and we really want to hear from you, including what you want to hear from us. You can get in touch with us by emailing simonandjoefoodcast at hotmail.com find us on Twitter at Simon Joe Foodcast. And you can also leave a cheeky little voicemail on our Skype voicemail. Just call us, Simon and Joe Foodcast at hotmail.com and leave us a question at a voicemail or whatever you want to say share anything with us you like you know generally food don't, yeah you know, we're anything not foodies arts. anything foodie <laughs> we want to hear about it <laughs> this week on the foodcast we are talking about all things outdoor cooking not just barbecues but fire pits and pizza ovens and all things that you can cook uh, outside in the great outdoors Joe, where do you want to start with this? Because there's a whole load of things. Should we start with um, the humble barbecue. Well, we could, but let me tell you what my favourite thing is to do. Okay, so I like to get my walking boots on and my rucksack, and I like to get the heaviest pan in the into the, my rucksack, shoot the nearest deer. And... <laughs> <laughs> are you are you um, playing any chance? Do you make those the men with the pot YouTube videos? Do you have do. like a massive like? I'm going to kill you with this machete-shaped knife. Yeah, and I cut onions with it and everything. <laughs> with like, and do you kind of flick parsley into the pan? <laughs> I do. And garlic. Oh my gosh! You know, it's amazing what you can find in 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 a forest. <laughs> We've talked about this before, haven't we? Um, yeah. So I, I was thinking actually that I would mention this, <laughs> but I really hate those fraudulent YouTube videos. I think go back a couple of episodes. It was my food cringe, um, but those fake videos where it's like oh yes i've come out into the wilderness with my cast iron cauldron yeah. <laughs> just absolute bs don't do it <laughs> don't fall for it british summertime we are now officially here we've actually had a good stretch of, of sunny weather punctured now by some overcast british summertime but it is the time of barbecues so what are the barbecue essentials so actually we we bought a barbecue after much debate last year now himself wanted um gas barbecue i wanted charcoal barbecue now you correct choice sorry the correct choice i'm sure we can all agree yeah well you can actually get um double barbecues one side with gas and one side with charcoal but i also wanted to do uh, a smoke have a smoker as well so I ended up with a double gas barbecue and a pod of <laughs> that is the smoker that happens to um, burn charcoal as well. So my charcoal barbecue is about the size of an old LP. But um, so, you know, um, I personally prefer coals, but that's not to say that what um, himself does produce on the big bar big boy barbecue isn't good because obviously I prepare the food and <laughs> he gets all the credit <laughs> and yeah um so um so yes I mean we the thing is I I tend to make I like to make everything so I make the burgers I don't make the sausages but I yeah I agree nice I make ones. the burgers yeah I, I mean I do um, cheese uh, burgers stuffed with cheese, and the best way to do it is with a, oh. a Gary Rhodes rare oh. rabbit. No. Um... no, 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 yes. no, 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 I really no, like cheese anyway. Look, no, I do like cheese. Um, yeah. I especially like it melted, but. I don't get this whole mentality of, I know, let's just wrap things in multiple layers of meat and cheese and bacon. Oh, it's it not. Just, no. 
No, <laughs> it's unnecessary. Well, sometimes I put the rarebit on top, which is nice. Because the thing with the rarebit, it, it keeps its shape. It doesn't slide off the burger. I was going to say, how do you make your burgers? But I've now lost any respect for you in that department. Oh, no, 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 um, no. Come on. Just because it's not your way doesn't mean to say it's the wrong way. Everyone's different. No, but the, <laughs> no, it, you don't stuff burgers with cheese. That's, that's basically a burger donut. <laughs> you are funny. No, <laughs> I just, I just, let's just say I do things differently to you. Okay, so as far as I'm concerned, there is only uh, a couple of things to make a, a proper burger, to make a proper kind of beef patty. Yeah. Fatty beef yes. has to be fatty beef. Yeah. Um, if you, you know, you want to try and make a really lean burger, but actually the fat is there to get cooked off during the process. If you make a really lean burger, it's just dry and horrible and just end up covering it in whatever sauce you enjoy. Oh, oh gosh, this is just like a... Um... <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, nice, nice fatty beef. I don't bother with egg yolk. A bit of salt and pepper, oregano, paprika, always go in my burgers because they're just fantastic. Yeah. Um, but salt and pepper, that's all you need. Just, you know, get um, put the shape into patties. I've got a nice little burger, like, stamp mould thing that yeah, uh, I bought that. from Sainsbury's yeah. many years ago. Uh, it's done me well. That's all you need. Yeah. Oh, see, I do mine slightly differently. So I actually um, I, I actually fry the onions before they go into the burgers, just uh, so that they will caramelise them, actually. And then um, I, ha- I do two main sorts. I do one with um, uh, treatso. So yeah, yeah. I'll get some treatso Ooh. and I'll blitz it and I'll add it to the mince. And then Ooh. that goes with uh, onions and... Um, Italian seasoning I put an egg and I put breadcrumbs in there so you know to make it stretch a bit and then I put them into the patties or I do them with smoked bacon interesting I might try it in fact I think that would work really well with black pudding yes it would actually if you liked like if you liked black pudding but um yeah no it would work well with black pudding okay Uh, I I don't put onion in my burgers I assume you're kind of cutting these up into quite small little chunks of onion like um wiring them so you've got nice little tiny bits so mm. they're not kind of like really chunky stringy bits of onion okay so apart from burgers what else so um so basically um yeah maybe the sausages as well um sausages, we've done, yeah. yeah so we have done pork ribs mm-hmm. we have done um um, I've have smoked, uh, but yeah, but I've actually done that in the smoker rather than barbecue. I've smoked brisket mm, and yeah. uh, whole chicken as well, and uh, that's that's just amazing. I, you know, my when when I first did it, the my two sons and their girlfriends came up. My my boys look like cavemen. Yeah, <laughs> they really enjoyed it. So yes, we do. I mean, we do all sorts of things on their steaks, um, but I mean, we don't do posh. We do quite rustic. I have to admit, I, I think when it comes to barbecuing, depending what barbecue you have, and there is a whole range of kind of barbecues oh, in terms of styles. So, you know, you've got your basic kind of kettle barbecue. You've got your basic um, kind of the, the, the more kind of oil drum tape ones. And they do work in slightly different ways in terms of the way the heat goes around it. Now, thoroughly, thoroughly recommend there's a book called The Science of Cooking by Dr. Stuart Faramond, which I know that you have, Jake. So I, I do. I do. Um, and it has a excellent couple of pages on barbecuing and the way that heat moves around within the barbecue. Mm. Um, and essentially, if you can cook it in an oven, I think you can cook it on a barbecue with a lid. 
you know, as long as, and, and if you've got one with a thermometer, brilliant. But, you know, if not, don't worry too much. Um, <laughs> so, you know, joints of meat, actually really easy to do on the barbecue. And I prefer doing them. As far as I, like, I've got um, joint of pork, which I'm doing on tom- doing on the barbecue tomorrow. Oh, wow. um, while I'm at work. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll set the charcoal up in the morning and then just put it on. But, you know, oh, if, no. and this works, I think it works really well for veggie stuff as well. So if you want to kind of slow roast a, a cauliflower or something like that, put the coals at one end put what you're cooking at the other and you know, oh, you right. can put okay. it in some yeah because you don't have to have it on direct heat no you don't no you don't it's the temperature of the uh of the area isn't it it's just, as yeah, you say exactly. it's like an oven it's like an oven and so you know you don't have it have it next to the direct heat source and you know if you're cooking stuff in any kind of natural oven where you've got um you know when you've got kind of your basically a hole in the ground or something like that it's still effectively enough of the oven it's mm. just a, a heat source in a closed area having to cook it in the oven uh in the on the barbecue sorry because pulled my oven door off the other day and not only did it come off the hinges before that kind of oh that's weird sunk in the <laughs> glass panel on the front splashed and <laughs> shattered into a thousand pieces in a oh, way that no. safety glass only does so i haven't really got a choice <laughs> it has to go in in there but you can do cauliflower, you can do anything, anything vegetable-wise you can do on a barbecue. Yeah. And the brilliant thing about doing it in a barbecue, you get that wonderful flavour if you're using the correct fuel, which is charcoal. So if you use charcoal, you can then add any kind of wood chips and bits to it, herbs, mm. things like thyme and rosemary, give it a lovely kind of flavour. Smoke gets into anything you put on that barbecue. Yeah, it stops after a few hours though. I mean, if you're if you're um, if you're smoking sort of large joints, the flavours only uh, go in for the first uh, couple of hours, three hours, and the rest of the time is pure cooking. So you have to get what you whatever your whatever logs or or wood you're smoking with, you have to get it right. So otherwise, um, you know, no matter how many, how much wood you put on, it's not actually going to f- change the flavour. So um, I bought a starter kit of um, of wood. You can and you can do the same with shavings, and you just experiment with the different types of uh, wood. Mm. Uh, you know, so I did one one really smoky wood, one fruit wood, and one sort of um, something like a olive. You know, so I think I had olive, maple, and so I had one of each of those, and then after an hour, I added um, a beer to the um, to the water so that they it sort of steamed up. But if I was to do that after four hours, it wouldn't make a difference. Yeah, so, I think this is, this is the thing with, with barbecuing for that long amount of time. You do have to keep an eye on, on managing the flames, and that's I think actually I've, one of the things I've learned in how to do cooking, along with doing a proper poached egg, managing a cooking fire is one of the harder things because you do have to it really depends on the equipment you're using and how well you know it you know really test your scientific yeah, knowledge you about how fires ball. work yeah exactly <laughs> and, and how you can manage that and maintain the flame over a long time but you're, you're right about the getting the flavor in as soon as possible yeah, and keeping that in. It's as, you, as soon as you've kind of sealed the meat in your ability to get more flavor into that deteriorates but what I find, if I'm doing a joint, the other thing is get a, an old cake tin or something like that and use it as a dripping tray. Oh, nice. Oh, yes, I think we'd do that, yeah. Yeah, so I always put in like some, some always my, my go-to, dried oregano, with a stock cube and some white wine. Just chuck it in under there and that will heat up. You get all of that. Uh, I don't really know if it makes a lot of difference, to be honest, but you also get all the drippings come in. Mm. And I did a recipe on my old blog, which I'll find. And I did, I made the drippings into a risotto. Oh, wow. And it was absolutely, it was just kind of like smoky risotto. Yeah, yeah. And it was just lovely, absolutely lush. That sounds amazing. 
So lots of things you can do. And if you're doing, say, something like curried, curried cauliflower, cauliflower it just works for your barbecue or aubergines or anything like that that you're doing for a long time. Yeah. Anything you can do, you can do slow cooking on the barbecue. Um, you just have to experiment a little bit with it. Um, <laughs> so vegetables are great in terms of that because they're relatively inexpensive. Have you ever done any other kind of like non-barbecue outdoor cooking? What you mean, like hole well, in the ground, apart from, yeah. apart from the smoking, but um, which isn't really barbecuing; it's actual smoking. And um, I, I remember sort of um, doing campfires as a child. I haven't done it since, you know. So doing campfires and frying sausages in a frying pan. And my father used to do up a bread mix. And when he had a bonfire, uh, we used to put the dough at the end of the sticks and cook the dough in the bonfire. Oh, wow. That was so much fun. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I haven't done really any other sort of, oh, of course I do um, camping. I've been camping. I only went camping if I could cook. Of course, you only have two two uh, gas rings. So I used to like to try and make the best food I could with the, just two rings. It was a, a nice little challenge for me. But that said, I mean, it's always something like I don't know bolognese or um, pasta and cheese sauce, and you know I try I just try to make things as nice as possible and everything. Um, so yeah, I mean that's all I've really done. I've done barbecuing. All my men in my life have dad and Bob, and. <laughs> Um, uh, smoking and the odd bit of uh, um, sort of um, pit fire um, cooking before it became fashionable without the cast iron it was raw <laughs> I do like I do like pit fires and actually you can do these wonderful little you can you know, dig little holes into the ground put the fire in that and actually you get a really nice little cooking fire yeah. you get something I remember doing it in scales I think it's called um, an Indian fire where you kind of dig a U-shape Oh, okay. Um, so you get the convection. So when you put a pan on top, you're not just smothering all the oxygen. But oh, you, yeah. you kind of dig a U-shape so the air comes in through that way and, and feeds the fire. Oh, um, but it's also a great way to kind of as a keep a fire under control. You can do it in a relatively yeah. small space. <laughs> but actually, even said that, my garden isn't big enough at the moment where we can do that sort of thing. Mm. It would have been in the house where the sellers withdrew, but um, <laughs> not bitter. Uh, I had I designs on building a pizza oven in that house, which actually I I totally get where people want to build pizza ovens in their house. And if you do it on a regular basis, yeah, very quick, I get good results in the oven. I've just yeah. destroyed the door for. So actually, I would never use it. Pizza ovens have really come into sort of um, into their own, really, in the last, uh, well, I'd say a year. Um, I, I do think it's a, a bit of a fight myself. Are we talking about like sleek? Thin metal yeah. gas powered ones. Well, the yeah, ones that you, that. yeah, it's just sort of the the metal ovens that you can have outside and things. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm not talking about that, Joe. I'm, I'm talking about making a proper clay. Or oh, right. Oven. Oh, no, I'll be up for that. You can cook bread I in think, it as well, you see. Exactly. You can cook bread, you can do joints. I mean, it's the kind of thing where you'd like, you know, I'll oh, put it on at like, uh, mm. yeah, put it on in an evening, stick half a lamb in there, done by morning. Great. Yeah. I think that kind of stuff is is really cool. My dad would have enjoyed that as well. He used to, he uh, for Christmas he used to barbecue the turkey, and um, that's the only time I really enjoyed turkey was when it was barbecued. It was all smoky, and uh, yeah, so uh, he would have liked that. <laughs> on a on a related note, there was an episode of Gilmore Girls from many years ago where for Christmas they decide to, uh, or some of the lads decide to deep fry a turkey. Deep fry it. Yeah. Wow. It's terrible. It's a terrifying idea. It's, it's, uh, it all goes terribly wrong. But um, 
yeah, not, not reality. It didn't go actually when dad one year dad did um did a turkey on the barbecue and it was actually bitterly cold it was christmas day and he was just walking out and he saw this squirrel on the on the fence and it leapt onto the barbecue and sort of paused for a second and then just sprung up in the air because the heat obviously went through its paws oh poor squirrel yeah poor squirrel i think it was um luckily i think it was really cold so he should should have been okay if he ran across the ground for a bit because it was all frosty and well there's loads we could really talk about outdoor cooking but we do have to draw a line at some point we might come back at another point Joe, maybe and just talk about some other bits about barbecuing and outdoor cooking yeah no that'd be lovely best things to cook when you're camping on a two ring stove the two ring stove challenge oh yes which involves lots of swearing as you're trying to light it in the <laughs> and, oh yeah matches beep 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 um we're at the point in the show where we try and meet your challenges uh, and we ask you to challenge us and say, what's the best thing you can do with this ingredient? Um, and this week we're looking at actually one of Joe's favourite, favourite ingredients. Joe might have mentioned it once or twice, which is Joe? Lamb neck fillet. <laughs> <laughs> used to be the cheapest cut you can get. Now it's suddenly got very trendy. Now, I love it so much that my sister who works in a school, um, I say, she gave us these amazing sausages from the butcher that... Um, uh, who I don't know for some reason he gave her the wrong sausages and she couldn't serve them at the school so she said did I want some I said yes I want yum 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 and then I said oh I'll have some more of those and um, then I said oh I don't suppose he does lamb neck fillet does he and he said, and apparently he did so she said well how many do you want now in my mind's eye okay they were only about oh I don't know 15 centimeters long okay so I said well I'll tell you what I'll have 12 Okay, because then um, can I do all sorts with it? I mince them and all sorts, but there's several recipes I like when they're they're whole. Well, these bloody things are two feet long, and then I've got <laughs> and I've got all this <laughs> I've got all this lamb <laughs> neck fillet. We can barely get it in the freezer. <laughs> they were they were huge. I mean, you know, they were bigger than the ones that we get from the butcher. Not complaining because I've already used them and they are tasty as anything. They really are. So, um, so I mean, I, I think I've already mentioned that um, I do. I, I I get three fillets and I stuff it and then do it in masala wine and lemon. You do. You yep. might mention it once or twice, maybe. But it's my favourite recipe. But um, I I've also found a Tom Carriage um, recipe for um, lamb biryani which um mm. actually and of course i got I, i've made some last um last weekend because i've got um dominic and ellie coming down and ellie's vegetarian and i thought oh gosh um i can make that into a vegetarian version instead of putting lamb in i'll make it into uh, i'll put cashew nuts in and um so uh, so i bought all this out and i only needed 400 grams of uh, of um, lamb fillet and i actually had a kilo and a bit so i had to two and a half si- times the recipe because I wasn't going to put it back in the freezer, <laughs> and mm. um, so yeah, I made uh, I've made some of that. Um, but also, I've done um, roasted lamb, which is in um, in garlic, and um, and then with the with the juices, made a red currant mustard and sour cream sauce 
It's very nice. The only thing I do love red currants. It's pink, and it tends to put people off. But um, no, that is um, that's absolutely gorgeous. And um, I do a spicy shepherd's pie. And last time I had lamb fillets, I haven't done it with these. uh, The next Hmm. fillets, I actually um, minced it all myself. And uh, the great thing about it, well, I say minced it, I chopped it very finely in the chopper. And the great thing about um, doing it that way is that you have control over the texture and yeah, um, and yeah, it was yeah. super it was just so lovely everything about that batch that i did because um, it's a big recipe like all my recipes but but i i, I sort of batch cook and then I, I slit them up and they they're in the freezer it was just it was just amazing it really was and it is one of my favorite cuts but it's become much more expensive now because it's been made trendy i mean when i first started cooking with um uh, lamb fillet it was the cheapest cut you can get and it was lush it's like brisket brisket used to be really cheap mm. now that's uh, really really pricey that's another one i overbought one year <laughs> last year we need to do an episode on like cheap cuts of meats that have made like an impact or stuff but it, it's you're right isn't it it's, it tends to be the cuts of meat that have either got lots of bone in like oxtail and things like that mm. or meats that have got lots of connective tissue that require a lot of cooking mm. to tenderize that tend to be cheaper because they take longer to cook and they're not mm. necessarily succulent. Sometimes a little bit fattier, something like that. I bought pork belly. But they are the things that, take, you know, you don't need a lot of skill to cook them, but you need some time. But actually, in busy lives like we have now, it's not actually that difficult to do. No, because... no, no. But I think, I think the main thing is, is that um, people have discovered flavour. You yeah. know, we have moved away from, uh, you know, a, a lot of the high-end cuts of meat because actually not a, a lot of people don't have that much money. But, of course, it's no. all about supply and demand. If, you, if you're going, the more yeah, the yeah. more demand on the cheaper cuts, the more expensive it's going to be anyway. So it's a, yeah. it's a bit of a catch-22, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. And we got, to be fair, to the TV chefs, people like Tom Carriage and, and even Jamie Oliver and people like that, they're the ones that, that are aware awakening us to these cheaper cuts of meat purely for the flavor and it's all about the flavor with us i mean i make a great range of sick on a plate but they all taste wonderful Mm. so see for me lamb neck is just it's one of those things that lends itself to any kind of um i'm gonna use a very broad brush uh middle eastern but by way or, or north african dishes where you've got mm. uh cultures that have, generally have a lot of lamb or goat uh so things like you know if you're doing a kind of stereotypical moroccan tagine or a uh you know a, a north indian curry something like that is yeah i just just something i would love to have just something that you can just cook yeah. nice and slowly and just let it let it tenderize and it's just Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean it's easy maintenance, isn't it? The slow cooking. Yeah. Work, you know? <laughs> low maintenance cooking. <laughs> well, it is, isn't it? You know, and uh, it's what I like to do when I go in the forest with my cast iron pan in my hung sack. <laughs> Who have you been? After I've shot my deer, or the rustle the sheep. <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to this week's Kitchen Cringe. So um, before we started recording, Joe kind of taunted me. We usually like kind of compare what our <laughs> Kitchen Cringes are going to be. And Joe steadfastly refused. So 
I think she's going to try and trigger me. Um, <laughs> oh, no, 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 so no. Joe, no, Joe no, why no. don't you take it away? Take it away, Joe. No, I I'm think ready. actually, Come to be me. fair, I Come think you... <laughs> right, okay. So, previous cr- kitchen cringes, right? Yeah. Foliage on my food. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, That was one of the first ones, foliage. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, I, stuff that I have to take a handful of and put to the side of the plate because you just want to see the food that you're going to eat. Joe's war and so spinach. We went out. So myself and himself, and um, we went. We met up with our good friends, um, Susan Kev, uh, at a pub yeah. that we always like. And uh, we met there. And, um, and I had steak and kidney pudding. So there was no argument about whether it was a pie. And on top of this steak and kidney pudding, not only was there unnecessary foliage, but dead unnecessary foliage. It was not even fresh. It was wilted. It was sad. It was awful. Now, I'm sorry. If you're going to put garnish or or unnecessary stuff, make it fresh because that really wound me up. Oh, and then they served it with a pot of peas after I told them I don't want peas. Do you not like peas, Joe? I hate peas. But no, they they (laughs) couldn't even get that right. So honestly, I had so both my kitchen cringes add one you know with an add-on dead foliage and oh my goodness if you're going to do it make it necessary i mean crew lee has a has a perfect uh, way if you said she says if you're going to garnish a dish garnish it with something that's going to give it a give you a hint of what to expect okay so if you so for example if you are serving a a, i don't know let's say steak kidney pie don't put a twist of lemon on top of it because it's unnecessary yeah yeah i get that yeah, yeah. Honestly, it really bugged me. <laughs> and not only did I have um, garnish, but it was dead. <laughs> Why put it on? Leave it. I like to see my food. So that, uh, so it's a kind of a sort of a, a an add-on from a previous kitchen cringe, which I couldn't, I didn't think I could get any worse than that. But yep, I did. It was dead. You could, you could do a uh, a sketch. Uh, like a remake of a very well-known Monty Python sketch there. Oh, yeah, lettuce. Beautiful foliage. <laughs> it's just sleeping. It's not dead. Yeah, hey, just sleeping. <laughs> Wake up, Mr. Lettuce. <laughs> oh, no, you've stunned it. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I completely agree that um, <gasps> you expect it to actually be of a servable quality yeah and without peas preferably as well yeah i mean that was yeah i mean at least they brought them to you separately right mm. you just like send them back <laughs> oh no yeah they, i mean the guy who took the order because i said please do not give me peas and so when when she he saw he was behind the bar and he saw the plate being put out put on my in front like, of me no! his eyes yeah it literally was like that his eyes just popped out his head he ran across and <laughs> took the peas <laughs> back again i did feel sorry for him <laughs> what about your kitchen cringe gas barbecues gas barbecues i'm sorry i'm oh, sorry wow. it's just pointless what you, you know the only difference between like if you're gonna cook outside yeah. make it special what you basically got is you know what i've got this gas hob in my house i've got this electric element under the grill but you know what <laughs> i want to combine those things but do it outside no. <laughs> You do something in the garden that you can't do inside, like have a barbecue. Why <laughs> barbecue and charcoal? But actually, there's a couple of things here. One, a charcoal imparts a really lovely taste. It does, yeah. Exactly. Yes, it's smoky. 
I get that. You do have to be careful with your neighbours about uh, when the washing goes out. And uh, I was told the story this week about someone uh, I know or my wife knows and uh, who was around when my wife was growing up. Who um, She and her next door neighbour went hunting round to see who in the on their estate had a barbecue. Really? Or something like that because they had their clothes out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just, just made me laugh. But I think bar- uh, charcoal and, and good quality charcoal is, is, is important like, rather than the shards that you get from Tesco. Yeah. Like, good quality charcoal imparts a real flavour to food. And you know what? You, if you don't notice it, save a couple of sausages, put them in the fridge and eat them for breakfast next morning. And then you'll be blown away at just how much taste and flavour that imparts yeah I, it just it has to be and you can do some really cool things you can't really do slow cooking in the same way on a, a gas barbecue if you're going to do that just use a flipping oven <laughs> well uh, i don't know i think you know i'm, I'm not in fact i'm mad um i'm not mad on uh, gas barbecues myself i mean you know because there was quite tense negotiation about the type of uh, barbecue and i was quite surprised when he ended up with the double one and i ended up with the uh, with the with the smoker because that takes charcoal too so <laughs> i must i must confess I'm, I'm a bit of a fraudness there are some exceptions to this rule one of which is if you're doing large-scale communal barbecues so we did a church barbecue a couple of years yeah. ago obviously it was the last time we were able to and uh the vicar bought his very nice gas barbecue and for doing that it's perfect because you can cook things at a steady rate it's very predictable for yeah. doing things like that actually it works very very well you can actually um you can actually strategically put um sort of bits of wood here and there to add a bit of flavor to the food uh, outdoor flavor to the food as well i mean to be honest to be fair it's a it's a breeze to clean <laughs> Yeah. That, that's the only thing it's got got going for it and I, you know and um and we do get food off it so, so it's good for a crowd but i do like my i do like my charcoal I, I i love my smoker so any any time i can do do some smoking then i'll do that but uh yeah <laughs> i don't think i've ever found it difficult to clean a charcoal barbecue you just take the the, the grill the the what are they called the little the grills the, the grills, grill, the yeah. actual like the the yeah they are grills take the um the grills off and I wash them yeah I've got but a string called you the have sink. to clear the the um the charcoal ashes and all sorts underneath as well oh yeah but just put them on your flower beds it's really good fertilizer no honestly it's good for your um good for your soil yeah you're talking to to a household that has artificial grass. <laughs> That's how big a gardeners we are. Well, you know my views <laughs> on artificial grass, right? No. It's pointless. Why? Well, because there's this thing called like grass and it does things like um it's good for the environment, it absorbs water. So, you know. Uh <laughs> it also produces oxygen, which I find very useful. Well, it is useful, yeah. You're just you're just one of many people, Joe, silently choking off planet's death. I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, I think it depends on your lifestyle as well. I mean, for a long time, Bob was on his own. So, you know, and then when he wasn't home, he was with me. So when he wasn't working, he was with me in, at the flat. So it made sense for him to have that. So I think it's all horses for courses. I mean, you know, people like their green, but uh, you've got old people that can't get out to mow the, go- to mow the grass and things. I think it's a, it's a nice, it's a, it's a second best. It's not ideal, but it's second best for them as well. You, so. just, you just don't like 
foliage in any way, shape, or no, form. No, I do. Do, I do. I do. I mean, I'd love, like do you know it. what? Um, I'd love to have a garden that uh, I've never had a garden since I've left home and had my own houses and things. I've never had a garden with proper grass. They I always seem to have had a field, you know, the, the grass that grows in fields for a back lawn. And all I want is a nice, um, mossy you know something that you can curl your toes in like my grandfather used to have but i mean you spend hours on his lawn you know with the stripes mm. up and down the up and down the um the garden and everything but uh yeah but i've always wanted a garden uh, you know i wanted a, a lawn like that and i've never had it never had it so oh, well, no, the, I feel the, like the artificial really, one really is as close now. as i could get you know? oh sorry no i just oh you need to britain's got talent with a sob story like that oh gosh oh, it made me feel bad it, very long <laughs> it will last a second you'll be fine <laughs> So I, uh, yeah, I think I think the other thing I was going to say about smoking stuff wasn't about make sure your wood, whatever your wood you're smoking with, uh, when you're putting it onto coals, is damp and wet. Yeah, it needs to be yeah, it needs to be soaked in in water. Because <laughs> otherwise, what you do, or yeah, well, you're using chips. Doesn't need taking. I wouldn't say for mm. quite as long. But yeah, if you use not massive chunks, definitely. I use because if you just put uh, a dry bit of wood onto the fire. You're just burning it mm. rather than actually um, creating a kind of smolder. So if you do it at a higher temperature, you create lots of very acrid white smoke and your food just won't taste great. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, that, that's so kind of Yeah, then, that's a good idea, actually. And I, I also think, you know, when, when you're smoking, I've yet to um, brine, do some brining because I want to make my own smoked bacon. So that, okay, yeah. that does that involves brining, and uh, I bought about four books on smoking, and I'm still confused about it all. So I will just uh, see what I can do on that one. But um, with the um, with the brisket, which uh, has a similar story to the to the lamb neck fillet, <laughs> I said, yeah, I'll have this lot. And then when I came, it was like half a cow. And <laughs> I have, do you know what? I haven't even told uh, Bob how much I paid for that lamb yet. <laughs> And I'm not going to reveal all either, but let's say no, it was, no, no, don't, don't. We'll, we'll, cut like... <laughs> we'll cut that bit out. We'll cut that out. I am going to be in so much trouble. No, it's not because it's my money. <laughs> I think that's all we've got time for this week. Um, but in the meantime, do feel free to get in touch with us about anything at all, food related, obviously, and any topics that you would like us to cover. So you can email us on Simon and Joe Foodcast at hotmail.com. And find us on Twitter at Simon Joe Foodcast. And of course, there is our website because contact forms on there. We'll be putting up more recipes soon. Sorry, we haven't put loads up. Apologies. But in the meantime, bye bye. Bye. Bye.